0: Hi, and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of Bethlehem Church. We are located in Austin, Minnesota, and I'm Pastor Paul Steele. We are in a sermon series entitled Living by Faith as we look at the book of James. Now, James is a letter found in the New Testament, and it's written by James, who is the half-brother of Jesus, and he's writing to Jewish Christians who are scattered throughout the Roman Empire. He's sharing his wisdom with them so that they can have the knowledge they need to live a life of faith within the culture that they find themselves in. Now, we are in a very similar situation. We're asking ourselves, how do we live a life of faith? How do we follow Jesus in the culture that we live in, in the politics that that?" we have with the money and the luxuries that we get to enjoy within the multicultural and multi-religious realities that are expressed in our society, in our culture. And our hope is that as we go through this book, the wisdom that James shared with these Jewish Christians 2000 years ago, will help give us guidance on how we live a life of faith today. Now, let's get into the sermon. When someone has our lives in their hands, we want to know that they have been tested. We want to know that they know what they are doing. On January fifteenth, two 2009, Captain Chelsea Sully-Sullenberg took off. And two minutes after takeoff, the plane that he was flying hit a flock of geese. And that totally destroyed the plane's engines. Now, at this time, the plane is over the most densely populated area of New York. And they looked around, him and his co-pilot looked around like, what can we do? There were several little local airports, but they didn't think that they could make it to one of them. They could try to land on the New Jersey turnpike, but there's traffic. And so their third option was try to crash land the plane on the Hudson River. Now, the problem with Trying to crash land the plane on the Hudson River, if you make one mistake, you're going to cause the plane to flip and break apart, and everybody on board is going to die. But Sully and his co pilot went into action and they knew exactly what to do and were able to land that plane, crash land that plane on the Hudson River, allowing everyone to get out safely. In fact, Captain Sullenberg was able to walk the aisle twice to make sure everybody was off safely. See, in a moment like that, you don't have time to check. Hey, what does the flight manual say? What? Well, what am I? What are we supposed to do? What? What does that switch do? You know, you don't have time to work things out. You have to know what you're doing. Those types of things have to become second nature so that they almost happen automatically we do this, we do that, you know exactly the steps to take. If you're going to go into surgery, you want to know that your surgeon has been to medical school, that he knows what he's doing. You don't want to to go to somebody who got a certificate out of the back of a car. You want to know like they've been to school, they've had the experience, they know what to do. When somebody has our lives in their hands, we want them to be tested because testing shows that they are capable of doing what we're asking or what we're expecting them to do. Now, we've talked a lot about the fact that we are created in God's image. And being created in God's image means that we are to demonstrate his character in this world. The Apostle Paul says that we are his representatives. We represent him. We're God's ambassadors, right? And so God, it's in God's best interest. God wants us to represent him well. And the only way that we develop that type of character is through testing. Our faith needs to be tested. It needs to be tested. See, God cares about who we become. God cares about who we become. He cares about us. He cares about our maturity. He cares about our development. So with that in mind, we come to the Bible with this question. Right? We come to the Bible with the question of how should we live? So if we are going to grow, if we're going to be God's representatives, how should we live? And the answer that we find in the book of James is this, that disciples of Jesus live each day by faith. Disciples of Jesus live each day by faith. Oh, that's all well and good, right? We are to live by faith. But that's something that's easier said than done. How do you live by faith? When all these trials, when all these hardships, when all, when life happens to us, right? How do you respond in faith? How do you live by faith? Well, that is what we see here in our, in our text, in our passage today, is what it looks like to live by faith during the hardships, the difficulties of life. This is what James... It says in, uh, in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for, your endurance is fully, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect, complete, needing nothing. When troubles come your way, other translations will say when various troubles or any kind of trouble. See, that the idea that James has is that there are various types of difficulties, hardships, trials, uh, troubles that come into our lives. And it's not just one kind of thing. It's a bunch of different things. And so we've all been there. We've all had these difficulties come at us. We've all had hardships in our lives. And so James says that when that happens, you're to consider it joy. Have joy. Now that goes totally against our 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 nature. Like, We we think joy comes when things are easy, when things are good. But James says, consider it joy. So how do we have joy in the midst of trials and hardships and difficulties? Well, we have joy not because the hardships are enjoyable, but because we know God is shaping our character through them. He's shaping who we become through those hardships and so our focus is on God's faithfulness and not on our struggles. Our focus is on God's character and on God's faithfulness and not on the struggles that we're going through. We, we have joy because we have this hope that God is going to use them. He's going to mold us. He's going to mature us through them. So that we become the people he wants us to be. That we can enjoy the life that he has for us. And so we have joy. Joy that's connected to hope. Joy that's connected to God's faithfulness, to God's character. And the goal here, right, is is to become mature, to be complete. Not lacking anything. Now, that doesn't mean we become independent. But like the vine, the branch that is connected to the vine, the the branch doesn't need anything when it's connected to the vine because the life that the, the branch needs is coming through the vine. And in the same way, when we become mature, we're not independent and we don't need, it's like we don't need God. No, we are connected to Jesus And his life is flowing through us. And so we have everything that we need. So a disciple, right? A disciple is someone who is following Jesus, who is being changed by Jesus, who's committed to the mission of Jesus. And this is one of the ways that Jesus changes us, is through the hardships, through the difficulties of life, so that we can become mature. We can become the people that... He wants us to be. And so here's the question then. How do we make it through? How do we know how to respond to these troubles, to these hardships, to these difficulties? Well, James goes on to say this. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. So James says, we want to reach that point of of maturity, where we don't need anything because we're so connected to Jesus. But if you find yourself in this moment, in these difficulties, and you need wisdom, ask God. Trust in God's character. God is on our side, and he's going to give us wisdom. He's going to give us it generously. That's who God is. He's he's a generous God. He wants us to succeed, so he's going to give us wisdom. So what is wisdom? Well, wisdom is the godly knowledge for living life well. Wisdom is godly knowledge for living life well. It's learning how to properly respond to the things that happen in our lives. That when something happens, we know, oh, this is what I should do. So this becomes a constant prayer in our lives. Yes, we should be like Solomon and ask God for a wise and discerning heart but we need to pray for wisdom every day, sometimes every hour. You're facing a difficult meeting at work or, or with somebody, and you're, you're, you ask God, God, I need your wisdom. I need to know how to respond in this. You're having money troubles, and so you ask God, God, help me to know how to manage what you have given me to be a good steward. So we're constantly asking God for wisdom. But the key here, right, is, is that we need to ask in faith without doubting. That's what most translations says. Uh, here in the New Living Translation, they they, they they do a good job at explaining what that looks like. So faith is having this complete trust in God. We're totally committed to God. And doubting is to have this divided loyalty. It's it's not trusting in God's character. It's not trusting that God's going to come through. And so we doubt, we doubt that that He so it's not it's not a fact of faith is that we have certainty and doubting is that we have uncertainty. No, when faith is like we're totally committed, we're totally trusting in God and who He is and doubting is is to doubt his character, is to doubt that he is who he says he is, is to doubt his love, is to doubt his generosity. And so James says, a person like that is going to be blown back and forth. They're not stable. They're not built. Their life is not built on a rock, right? And so they're going to be blown back and forth. They're going to go from one thing to, to the next. And James says, such a person shouldn't expect, something from God. They're not totally committed to God. And they're not asking in right motives. They don't have a right relationship. And so they're going to miss out. They're going to miss out. One of the trials that we face or that comes our way surrounds money. And so James just talks about here about having a divided loyalty. And one of the things that we know about about this letter is that it, it appears that James is influenced by the book of Proverbs and by the Sermon on the Mount. And so one wonders Then, as James is writing this and he recalls Jesus' teaching that we can't serve two masters and you can't serve both God and money, if that influences then where he goes on. Because then he writes in in verse 9, Believers who are poor have something to boast about, for God has honored them. And those who are rich should boast that God has humbled them. They will fade away like a flower, a little flower in the field. The hot sun rises and the grass withers. The little flower droops and falls and its beauty fades away. In the same way, the rich will fade away with all of their achievements. So James says, hey, consider wealth. So when you're poor, right, a lack of wealth can cause a whole lot of struggles. But those struggles can lead somebody to trust more in God. Where else are they going to turn to but to God? And so James says, hey, if you're poor and you're learning to lean in on God when you're struggling, that is something you can boast about. Like, that's something that's good. And then he says, if you're rich, hey, boast about the fact that these riches are just temporary. And learn to not to depend on them, right? Because when we are rich, when we have a lot of wealth, we can learn to rely on our wealth because it creates an easier life. So James says, remember, that's all Temporary so don't rely on it don't rely on it learn to rely on god instead so the main takeaway from this from this passage here is that hey life's short life is short don't depend on money if if you're poor don't think money's going to be the answer to all your problems if you're rich don't rely on it and and not Learn to trust in God, because it's all going to go away anyway. Learn to trust in God, because God is a God who blesses. That's what James goes on to say in verse 12. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you're being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful action. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So in, in... Verse 12, we see that James recites or or shares a beatitude. God blesses. God blesses those who endure testing and temptation. Those who don't give up. Those who remain trusting in God, who are faithful to God. They're not double-minded. They're not blown here and there. No, they have endured. They have trusted Jesus no matter what. God blesses those. And in the end, they're going to receive the crown of life. So remember, God blesses everyone. The sun shines on both the righteous and the unrighteous. The rain falls both on the unrighteous and the righteous. God blesses everyone. But when we remain faithful, when we endure, we, we experience the wide range of God's blessings. Not only do we experience these A general blessings in a different way because we recognize that they come from God, but we're going to receive even more blessing. Specifically, we're going to receive new life. That's why we hold on. That's why we consider it all joy because we are going to experience God's blessings and we can be thankful for that. Hardships, troubles are going to come our way. And James says, it's important to remember not to accuse God as the one tempting. That God is trying to trip you up. And so one of the things that we know is that God tests. God is interested in who we are, who we become, right? And so he's going to test us. Do are we faithful to God? Are we trusting him? But that's not the word used here. The word that James uses here for temptation is a word that means to trap, to fail. So temptations are designed to get people to fail. An example of this is seen way back in Genesis, in the garden. God plants this wonderful garden. And he's generous. There's all these different fruit trees for food. But in there, there's this one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he says, don't eat from that tree. You have all this wonderful variety to eat from. Don't go, don't, eat from this tree. See, God needs to know, even from Adam and Eve, that they are going to trust him, his judgment, his definitions for what is right and wrong. And so he provides them a choice. It's not just a choice between two different things. It's the choice between a wonderful variety of good things and this one thing that you shouldn't do. But then you have this serpent who shows up. And he goes after what? Specifically Eve's desires. Like, hey, do you want to be like God? Do you want to be able to, to make a judgment between what is right and what is wrong? Hey, do you want to eat this good-looking food? It tastes delicious. And he appeals to her desires. And she takes and he she eats. right? And then Adam eats. See, the serpent took that one thing and he set a trap in trying to get them to fail. That's the difference. That's the difference. God has, and his generosity has given us a lot of good things and we can continue to trust him. But Satan comes, the enemy comes and sets things up to get us to fail. So we need to recognize that our desires Are what leads us away from God. They're the ones that cause the troubles, the hardships in life, right? Because so much of our hardships, our troubles that we experience in life come because of sin, either our own sin or the sin of somebody else. That's the real issue. God is good and he's generous. James goes on to write in verse 16, So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, and we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. We become his prized possession. We need to remember who God is. God is the creator. God is good. He gives us good things. He doesn't change. The same God who was generous in the garden is generous with us today. God doesn't change. He wants, he still desires of people who will bear his image, demonstrate his character, represent him in this world. God doesn't change. See, we need to remember that God is the creator. And so while the pagans would look to the stars and say, hey, this is what the gods are telling us, and they would do that by the shifting of the the lights and by the shadows that they cast. That's why we're not supposed to practice astrology, right? Because because then it's, it's looking up to things that God created and things that change. No, God is faithful. God is trustworthy. And so we continue to trust in Him. We continue to trust in Him. Because God chose us out of all creation. We are his special possession. He wants us to succeed. He wants us to become mature. He wants us to be connected to Jesus so that we're receiving our life from him. Because in the end, James tells us that we will receive the crown of life. That we will receive the crown of life that we will become who he wants us to be. So what do we need to know out of this passage? What is it that we need to know? Well, first we need to remember life is filled with troubles. God's not the cause of troubles. He's not the cause of these hardships, right? They they come from sin. They come from our poor decisions. They come from our desires. But, We need to remember that God loves us, and he will not waste our pain. He will use it to mature us into the people he wants us to be. God loves you, and he will not waste your pain. He will use it to mature you into the person he wants you to be. Remember that. And all of this, and all the hardships, and all the things that come your way, God loves you. He's on your side. And he's not going to waste that pain. Hang on to that truth. Second, we need to remember it matters how we respond to hardships. It matters how we respond to hardships. So the first way we are to respond to hardships is through asking for wisdom. We need to ask for wisdom we need to know how are we supposed to live we need that knowledge from god and how we are to represent his character or demonstrate his character in this world that's what we need and we need to have faith we need to trust in god in his character and his generosity and his love so remember this faith is more important than certainty we want certainty at times like if we do this this is what's going to happen. No, faith is more than certain is more important than certainty. So we may have questions about what is happening to us. We may not understand it. But we can depend on God's character. So we may not fully understand all this. We may wonder where is God and all and what's happening. So we may have questions. But we can totally trust in God and his character. And the second way that we are to respond to hardships is not to demean God's character. It's not to say, hey, this is coming because of God. God hates me. God God is is judging me. God is tempting me. God wants me to fail. No, that's not. That That is judging God's character unfairly. Don't do that trust in God and his love right that God is generous and he's loving and he had, we are his chosen possession. He wants us to succeed in all of this. The third thing that we need to remember is that God blesses those who endure. God blesses those who endure. See if we give up, if we bail, We're we're gonna miss out. We're gonna miss out on what God has for us. See, God will bring the good out of the bad, He will redeem our pain and give us peace, hope, and joy in return. God's gonna redeem, He's not gonna let our pain be wasted. No, he's gonna redeem it. And in return of our pain, we're gonna experience hope. We're going to experience peace. We're going to experience joy. So here's our bottom line today. A disciple of Jesus endures the difficulties of life as they hope for God's blessings. A disciple of Jesus endures the difficulties of life as they hope for God's blessings. That's what it looks like to live by faith. And the difficulties and the hardships of life, we continue to endure trusting in God and having this hope that he's going to bless us, that he is going to, to uh, give us what we need, that he's going to redeem that pain. We trust in him. So our challenge is this, send an encouraging note to someone going through a difficult time, send an encouraging note to someone going through a difficult time. We all know people who have gone through a lot, who are dealing with a lot. They have health issues. They're they're trying to navigate the whole how do, how how do I help my parents as they age? Uh, they they might have children that are are walking away from the faith or having their own set of difficulties. Uh, they you know there's there's a variety of things that, that people are experiencing. You may be experiencing them. And one of the good things about being part of the church is that we don't have to walk it alone. And so when, if you know somebody who is going through a hardship, going through a difficult time, let them know that you're praying for them, that you love them, that God loves them. Send them an encouraging message, an encouraging note, because they need it. They need it. Just as you need to be reminded, hang in there, don't give up. God is on your side. God cares about who we become. And one of the ways that God changes us, transforms us, matures us, is through hardships, through difficulties, as we trust him, walk by his wisdom, and stay faithful to Jesus. Thanks for watching and listening to our sermon today. I hope that it was an encouragement to you as you follow Jesus. If you've benefited from our Sunday morning live stream, from our bottom bottom line videos, uh, or this sermon podcast, one of the best ways you can support us is simply to give. And you can do that by going to our website, BethlehemChurchAustin.com and following the Give tab. If you have a question, if you have a prayer request that you'd like other people to be praying about, don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can leave a comment. You can send us a a personal message. You can email us. But we would love to be in contact with you. We'd love to, to be praying for you. That's one of the benefits of being part of the worldwide global church is that we are in this together. So have a great rest of the week and God bless.